Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, based on wherever you are. Scott Luton, Greg White here with you live on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? You know, I was just feeling, I was just thinking about how fortunate I feel that there are really only those three classifications, morning, <laughs> afternoon, evening, because we're probably covering 20 time zones right now. So you could go really deep if you wanted to. Good late or late morning, early afternoon. But I think that <laughs> you covered it. Well, you know, we try to keep doing it well. Simple. How are you, Scott? Doing, <laughs> doing wonderful. You know, we try to keep it as simple as we can around here. So, but Thank but most importantly, we welcome everybody where they're tuned in globally, uh, our global supply chain now family. And Greg, on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about some critical key insights from one of the leading transportation industry resources. It's the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index for quarter two. 2022. Can you believe we're already in uh, in quarter three? It's unbelievable, Greg. Yeah. And uh, all I have to say about these last couple of index uh, presentations yeah. is, dude, <laughs> <laughs> man, that stuff is getting expensive. <laughs> You're quoting Ashton Kutcher from Dude, Where's My Car here on Supply Chain Out. I love dude, that. Dude, where's my freight? <laughs> well, so on uh, kidding aside, we're going to be gaining key takeaways from the freight payment index from yeah. uh, and what's really going on right out across the market, coast to coast. We're going to dive into what the data is saying and getting some uh, uh, key perspective from a couple business leaders here with extensive experience in uh, global supply chain, transportation markets, you name it. But Greg, before we say hello to a few folks and before we bring on our guests, hey, we've enjoyed ongoing collaboration with U.S. Bank for uh, several years now, um, one of the leading financial institutions involved in powering the transportation industry forward. As we all know, that's the backbone of the global supply chain uh, industry here. So it's been quite a series, huh? Yeah, it has. And uh, man, it $37 billion worth of transactions right in 2021. Wow. And every indication is that just sheer on sheer dollar volume, it this year will blow that away. But the number of transactions, not just the dollars, is what matters as well, because every one of those is a data point that allows us to determine what's going on regionally and nationally in terms of transportation. And are, are people shipping more? Are they paying more? Are they both? And sometimes the answer is no to one and yes to the other. And like I said, this quarter, it's going to be an emphatic yes to one. And I bet a lot of people can guess what that is. So yeah, I, I'm glad that they gather this data. They touch so many freight transactions and that's what makes this analysis so valuable. Yeah, well said there, $37 billion last year uh, alone. So, okay, let's say hello to a few folks and then we're gonna welcome in our guests here today. Hey, quick side note to the uh, production team, big thanks to Chantel, Amanda and Catherine for all the work they do. Y'all may have seen uh, the note. Let's check on uh, the sound for everybody. If we would, Catherine, Amanda, and Chantel, make sure everybody's plugged in. Okay, so Greg, we've got quite an audience around the world. Syed wow. from Bangladesh yeah. via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Uh, I'm looking forward to your perspective on the conversation we're having here today. 
This is uh, this individual for, is from Scottsdale, Arizona. And folks, if you get Greg's going to say something about this probably, but if you get this notification and it says LinkedIn user rather than your profile, it just means you've got a setting on your LinkedIn profile that doesn't share your information with third parties. You can change that, or you can keep it like that. Our team will try to figure that out. Okay, look here. We got Don't a, need a weather report from Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> That's right. So if if the calendar hasn't shifted much, it is monsoon season. So it will be sunny, a deluge of rain. The streets will be flooded, and 30 minutes later, they'll be completely dry. Man, I've, I've seen some pictures here lately of that that pulse storm, but uh, uh, we'll have to come back to that. Look at, look at this legendary listener right here. Uh, yeah. David has tuned. I, I saw where David and Peter Bolet got together. Yeah. Um, Good pick, uh, too, by the way. Yes. Right? David, you're looking great, man. Great to have you here with us today. Looks like they were watching take. some UFC while they were hanging out together. <laughs> Looks like they were eating some great food. So, uh, David, hope this finds you well. Great to have you back. Of course, I mentioned Catherine, uh, Chantel, Amanda, making it happen behind the scenes. Monica, via LinkedIn, is back with us from Seattle. You remember that, Greg, right? Yeah, I, this new sunshine logo or uh, emoji or whatever is is that new? I haven't seen that yet, but I I dig that. We'll uh, we'll get our research team on uh, LinkedIn emojis. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to find out where that's come from, Scott. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Michael Aver is back with us, uh, of course, from the ATL. Great to have you here via LinkedIn. I always enjoy your yeah. perspective, uh, Chiku from Scottsdale, Arizona, via LinkedIn. Great to have you here today. Looking forward to your perspective. Nazrin, Nazreen, uh, good morning to you uh, via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. We love to make those connections. Greg, David is a current Hall of Famer. Shelly is working on being a Hall of Famer with us too, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. We got to. Uh, uh, we need to learn more about her story, don't we? Yes, we do. And uh, she hails from Colorado. And who knows, we might have one of our esteemed panelists headed to her neck of the woods soon. We'll see. Uh, Joey, great to have you here. U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's go. Yeah. From Minnesota. He's headed to New York shortly. Uh, Joey, great to have you back with us here today. And David is confirming he had a great dinner the other night. Uh, Greg, I saw pictures from Peter Bollet. I think Asu Buku. I say that right? Asu Buku. Asu Buku. Thank you. Yes. Sorry. You know, I've got the wrong. I always have a. You hard nailed time. it the first time. Oh, did yeah. I? <laughs> Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. You know how I'm really good at, at doing that. Um, yeah. Brenda Allen, great to have you back with us here today. Congrats on your big opening. I think I got that right. Um, Kenny Bob's Foods opened their production lines, and it looks like the chamber was out there. The whole community was supporting it. So great. That's great news, Brenda. And good morning to you. And finally, Stephen Bush from London. Wait a second. Kennesaw, Georgia. Okay. I could see how you could confuse the two. Right. <laughs> okay. um, both full of Epicurean delights. That's right. <laughs> Stephen, great to see you here today. Looking forward to your perspective. Okay. So we are going to welcome in our two guests here today. Are you ready to do this, Greg? Uh, give me a s- yes. <laughs> okay. All right. With no further ado, we have an incredible uh, panel here with us today. We're going to be bringing on Bobby Holland, Director of Freight data solutions at us bank and donovan kirkland vice president global logistics with the clorox company all right well good after our good afternoon everybody donovan how you doing doing great how's it going scott great doing doing wonderful good to have you with us okay so i think so we can hear bobby 
but unfortunately, Bobby, you still could not hear us. Is that right? So, Donovan, let's do this. As Bobby experienced with his speakers, we all have, what, 17 speakers to choose from. Let's start off the conversation with at least getting to know you a little bit better. So let's start with, you know, your journey, and then we're going to ask you about uh, one of your passions uh, after you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to in supply chain. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, one, just thank you for this opportunity. I'm excited to be here with you today. As I said, I'm Donovan Kirkland, and I have the privilege to lead the global logistics organization for the Clorox company. I've actually been in this role for since January of the year, so I'm a little bit new, yep. uh, but coming up to speed fast. Been with Clorox eight years, but if you look at the totality of my career, all supply chain and, and a little bit here and a little bit there, uh, transportation, planning, quality, uh, manufacturing, quite frankly, um, was the was the line share of my career, especially okay. early on. Uh, manufacturing has got to be, uh, you know, in my time I spent in manufacturing, I met some of the brightest, brilliant, innovative, hardworking people. I mean, it is, uh, it's a wonderful sector to be in, isn't it, Donovan? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, w- I was raised that the heartbeat of the supply chain is inside the plant. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, you, you don't make it, you can't sell it, um, or, or it actually makes it increasingly difficult. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Sure it does. So, you can sell uh, it, you just can't deliver it. Yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that doesn't last long, right, Greg? Right. Um, but but the, the the really the thing that I love the most about the plan is is the people. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, you. You, you, you have to get the results uh, through the people. And, um, you know, I always had a saying, I, I'll take a good team with an old line over a new team and I mean, a new line and a bad team any day because that good <laughs> team will make a old line run. They'll, they'll figure out how to make it run. So I'm with true. you. All right, so Donovan, I thought you were—I thought you were making a soccer or a football um, uh, allusion there with different lines, line changes, and whatnot. But you're talking production lines. But it's still a great segue into learning one of your passions in life, and I'm going to ask you about that in a second. So Donovan, and we'll, we're going to get the—we'll get the audio AV fix with Bobby here momentarily. But Donovan, we, we've had an opportunity to have a couple pre-show conversations with you. Really have enjoyed those. Uh, you bring so much to the table, but you are very passionate about the Atlanta United, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and well, the game itself, right? The game itself. I'm probably non-traditional if you look at my my age range and being an American, but I love soccer or football, as the world re- right. uh, refers to it. And uh, I've been in the, the I live in the Atlanta metro area, been here since, the, you know, around 99. And, and so when they introduced the team in 2017, I finally found a team that I could call mine in the Atlanta metro area. So yeah, Somebody I tried to ride make, arrived after you, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. So I try to go as many matches as I possibly can. Rough season, a lot of injuries, but we're only one win outside of the of the postseason. Fourteen matches wow. to go. I'm betting we're going to make it, and we're going to level out, get our chemistry back. And make a run at it. That, I that, love that. That's, that's what I'm get back to that prowess of the 2018 2019 season. Man, I love that. And you know, they're making we've had a leadership change, right? The coach, I can't remember the gentleman's name, um, got a really big uh, uh, opportunity. The, the president, yeah, Darren yes. Eels, he's going to uh, Newcastle, I want to say. Newcastle, Whoa. yeah. So, but he was the architect, right, uh, of the whole club. I mean, which quite frankly, you know, it's probably a Harvard business case study because when you yep. think about it, you know, the Atlanta United, they lead league attendance by far. 
Right. Um, so Atlanta United is probably 45,000 a match. Next yep. closest, I think, is like 27. So, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, right. he architected it all. So, so yeah, we're going to miss him. Well, fantastic absolutely. facility, but I got to ask you, Donovan, are you one of those loonies that comes in with the drums and everything and sits in that one? <laughs> I, I, have, I have yet to sit in a supporter section, as it's called. I yep. have marched in with them, but no, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to jump for 90 minutes straight up and down. <laughs> They're animals. Yeah. They are animals. Yes. But that's part uh, of the, that's part of the, that's part of the mystique of coming to the, yeah. to the bins and playing the, the, the five stripes, as we like to call ourselves. Yes. It's it's intimidating for the other team. You can see it happen when they get down to that end of the field. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So we got to go to a game. Uh, I'm gonna hold you to it. Um, I'm a newbie. Uh, maybe we get Greg up from uh, uh, from where he is, and, and we all go to a game together. We tailgate, and you got to teach me the uh, what I should be looking at as our former world champion Atlanta United continue the fight, the good fight. Is that yeah. a deal? We'll do that. We'll definitely do that. Okay. So, Bobby, how you doing? Uh, everything was working fine in the in the green room, and then right, funny how that works. Hey, Murphy's Law is alive and well. I really appreciate making the adjustments on the fly, and it sounds like we got you now. We can hear you, and you can hear us, right? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Well, hey, uh, we've been getting to know Donovan Kirk a little bit better, right? Filling in a little bit of time. Hey, that those things happen on on live. TV, live programming, all those things happen. But let's let's refresh everyone's memory of your background, right? So, Bobby, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I'm uh, been with U.S. Bank for going on six years as a product manager for the Freight Data Solutions team. Prior to that, I uh, had a pretty extensive background in software engineering and software architecture. So it kind of dovetails well into my responsibilities as a technical product manager at the bank. Yes. Where you've got your finger on the pulse, we talked. We talked about the scope of all the data that you and the team are looking at. But hey, really quick, Greg, I'm gonna turn it over to you in just a second as we keep you know level setting before we dive into the second quarter 2022 freight payment index. David is rolling out a red carpet for Donovan. I appreciate that. And David, yes, it was all planned to keep Donovan on his toes. I love that, David. <laughs> I just saw that earlier. This LinkedIn user is talking about uh, the monsoon season in Arizona. Greg, you can probably speak to that a little bit. Looks like there's some programming and coding uh, to navigate through it. Michael says, we got uh, he got to understand operations from the ground up. Working the floor was a great experience early on in his career and helped him relate to what the workers deal with as his career progressed. Great comments yeah. there, yeah. Uh, Michael. We can all relate to that. Joey, love soccer. Minnesota just built a new stadium. Okay, Joey, we'll have to have a um, supply chain and soccer uh, live stream conversation at some point uh, soon. Uh, let's see here. Dave wants to place a friendly wager on that September 10th game, Donovan. <laughs> he says TFC forever. <laughs> um, Is that Toronto Football Club? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, David, you're making a splash in your comeback here at Supply Chain Now. Uh, while we have Bobby... Let's have him share a little bit with us about what makes U.S. Bank such a great resource for this data. Look, we've been doing this, Bobby, we're going on three years now, man, but there have to be people who haven't seen us do this yet. So maybe just share a little bit about, you know, what makes you such a great resource at U.S. Bank for this kind of information. Well, it's our perspective on the freight marketplace. Uh, We developed this uh, processing transactions, $37 billion uh, of Currently, $37 billion annual invoice processing. 
as you can imagine, we generate a lot of data from that. And so in our quest to add value to our customers using this data, we produce the freight payment index. Again, it's our view of the marketplace and it provides another data point for our customers and other uh, users of to be able to make decisions about their business. Yeah. And while Bobby, we might as well let everybody know this now, Bobby works for a bank. He can't use forward-looking <laughs> statements, but I think a lot of companies use this it's kind of what's happening to identify whether there are trends in the marketplace. But Donovan, I'm curious in your role at Clorox, tell us a little bit about how you use the index. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you gave me a great segue, but I actually start, I mean, the index really, and, the, and more so the insights that come from the index, right? We start with rear view, Mm -hmm. um, the strategy we employed, did it play out as we expected? And if it didn't, why? Right. And what do we believe that to be the case? And then we use it as a proxy, if you will, to say, uh, you know, that whole principle of what happened will continue to happen unless something mm -hmm. changes. Let's look at that going forward. And what might change? What do we know that's out there that could potentially change? And so it helps us to hone our strategy, to critique it, to benchmark. You know, where are we sitting against the uh, the industry average and, and should we be making moves left or right? Mm. Love that. Yeah, that is a great analysis. It uh, really is. Uh, hey, really quick, want to welcome in uh, Shashi back with us. He was with us yesterday, made a lot of great contributions. Shashi, great to see you. Uh, I believe from the AE, um, UAE. Shashi, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but great to see you here today. Okay. Now that we've, we've set the table a little bit, Bobby and Donovan both have shared a little about uh, their journey and what they do. We've talked a little bit about the freight payment index and, and US, the scope of it all. And then Donovan just shared you know, how he and his team use it. Uh, Bobby, we're ready to dive right into uh, this quarter, quarter two's uh, freight payment index. You ready to go? Yes. So let's start then, uh, like we always do, let's start at the national level, right? Coast to coast. Uh, give us some observations that you're seeing kind of generally, and then we'll go region by region. Okay, so the national index was up about 2.3% overall. There's a, and shipments, the spend index um, was up as well, 3.3%. Uh, uh, small numbers, but uh, considering that it had good velocity, uh, those are, are, are pretty good. And again, I think the terminology is being bannered around is headwinds. There's so many head being faced, you know, we have spending patterns, you know, go, moving more from household goods spending as we go into the middle of the year. Uh, we have high prices. I think it hit record level in June. We have, you know, labor issues on the on the West Coast. There's a lot of things going on. Manufacturing put is up, which we'll discuss more as we walk through the regional indexes. But there's a lot of, of things that are going on, a mixed bag of things, if you will. And to, to see that that things are still going up, it, it kind of takes away a little bit from the common thinking that we were headed into a freight recession. We're not in a freight recession. Again, there's a lot of different reasons for why you know the data shows that that's not true and empirically not the same. But again, there are you know some transition thing, transitory things going on in, in the marketplace. Okay. Uh, I appreciate those initial thoughts. We're still losing um, about every seventh or eighth word by my count at least, Bobby. But hey, we're going to work through it. And the good news, folks. It's one news, of his five sisters playing Fortnite <laughs> in his house right now. <laughs> or it could, be his, it could be his brother, too. Right, or his brother. Um, right. right? Yeah. Can you guys, can you guys hear me better now? The place is crowded. Yeah, I think that's a little better. Yeah, Bobby, yeah. I think that is better. 
and thank you. you you're a saint. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know technology throws all kinds of last minute challenges at us. I really appreciate your patience and innovation working through it. Hey, really quick, folks, if you'd like to download a free copy of the second quarter 2022 U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index, we've dropped a link to the comments there, and we can. Well, we're having a little little snafu there. You can download it and you can read along as we're offering up analysis, right? We're just about, once we've got Bobby back, we're going to be going region by region. We're going to get him to share with us uh, what the data is, is saying. And then we're going to get Donovan's uh, comparison and contrasting from what he and his team are seeing it, boots on the ground. Okay. You know, Scott, what I was going to, if I could throw something in please, there. Please, please. I mean, it's getting it at this level, industry level is great. And then, you know, folks like ourselves, you got to tease out, you know, how it applies to you. Even Bobby mentioned some things around specific industries. Right. And, 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 and it, it does apply differently in different quarters of the industries. And there's also a level of if you especially if you look at the shipments, you got to look at where in your supply chain, because each part of the supply chain and how you ship. Right. Whether it's to the customer, whether interplants to your warehouses, you know, have different phenomenon that aren't the same every quarter. And so. Mm. That story, you have to start to distill down and get a little, you know, double click, triple click to get to get to the level where you can actually take some action or make adjustments in your strategy. I love it. You can use in different modes based mm -hmm. on the different node in the supply chain that you're talking about, right? Modes, different supply chain strategies. You know, yep. um, you know, one of the things we saw you back up before that, you know, the consumer and consumption, at least for our markets hadn't changed, but you heard a lot around the customers were starting to bring down their inventory levels. And so, you know, that influenced shipments, not so much the consumption of the consumer, but the customers themselves were saying, hey, we're a little bit too heavy. We want to pull down. Yep. So, Greg, Donovan is illustrating why we like to marry, you know, the data side and what Bobby and his team are seeing with the senior, you know, practitioner side with what you know, how they use it and and what they're seeing out there, boots on the ground. So let's go region by region. Well, Greg, hang on a sec. Before Bobby, we got you. Can you hear us? And oh yeah, I can hear you guys fine. Okay, it's, it's me. That's all know, good. I, I've heard you the whole way through. Okay, I just don't know why my stuff is going haywire all of a sudden. So I apologize. well, we're gonna get through it. We got your back, and we're gonna get through it like we always do. Um, <laughs> is it snowing up there yet, Bobby? I mean, it is. <laughs> it is July. It's almost time for winter. So uh, tornadoes are threatening, though. Oh <laughs> man. That's another oh, story. Another well, story. hey, really yeah. quick, we're about to go region by region. But Greg, based on kind of what you've heard Bobby share as he was talking about those general observations coast to coast and what Donovan just shared, your quick initial thoughts. Yeah, my initial thought was exactly one of the things that Bobby opened with, which is, remember, last quarter, we were all speculating on whether we were on the edge of a, of a freight recession, right? And clearly, while in some cases few cases, actual shipments did go down. They didn't go anywhere near where kind of the frenzy was last quarter. And also rates went up so dramatically that that obviously the dollar volume went up. But and we're going to talk about this as we kind of tease out each each region. Even the shipment volume went up right far more than I expected coming out of Q1. So well said. All right. A lot of we consider everything level setted. Uh, we are ready to go, ready to dive in region by region. And we're going to start with Bobby, the Northeast region. So tell us some key observations there. Uh, the Northeast region had a couple surprises. 
it recorded the strongest gain among the five regions. It was up 7.3% over first quarter with the largest gain in three years. Higher factory output is likely helping volumes up here. And, you know, and it, it's interesting because, you know, when we were coming out of 2021 into 2022, manufacturing was, you know, teetering, a lot of struggles, but it seems like all the decisions that were made to try to mitigate the risks from supply chain issues, while those issues are still there, you know, we can kind of see how that's, that's shaking out. So manufacturing output was up. So really quick, uh, yeah. in fact, manufacturing output, uh, according to a variety of third parties, mm-hmm. was up and actually expanded all three months of second quarter, to your point, Bobby. Yep. 4.8% in May, 3.6% in June alone, uh, according to some estimates. And the thing to take into account as well with all of these numbers is if you compare them to, in most cases, to the year over year, it's still, we can still see that the velocity is still high, where we still are... 17% in spend uh, year over year above last year for the Northeast. It had a modest rise in spend of only 2.1%, but again, 17% over last year. Right. In shipments, 8.8% over last year. Uh, so, you know, Northeast, like I said, is pretty solid as far as our numbers go this quarter. So, Donovan, let's let's mix in you and your team's perspective. What'd y'all see in the Northeast? Yeah, that's it's interesting. This is the part, like I say, where you have to then tease it out and apply it to yourself. If you look at our network, we don't have the level of manufacturing footprint in that region. So we didn't experience that same phenomenon, but but it's simply a factor of we're not represented as such. When you look at the way we're laid out, most of our transportation would be around customer shipments in that space. And so it wouldn't be linked to either manufacturing raw materials coming in or even plant movement. So we didn't quite see that, but it's, it's related to our current, our network and how we're designed. Yeah, hmm. I, I appreciate that, Greg. Yeah, I think that's interesting to think about it from that standpoint because, um, you know, to the point you made earlier, Donovan, your your customers, if they had facilities or they were staged, you know, or headquartered in those areas, that that is why you would be shipping there. And if they are not, then this particular region doesn't impact you like it it does globally. So it's fascinating to see how the the geography of a company, right, and and its customers impact that. And I think, you know, as, as I've thought about Don and everything you've said, it really exposes the complexity of supply chain, not mm-hmm. just where your company is, where, but where your customers are. <laughs> a lot of yeah, years. And it, it's, it's customer based, right? But that's one and that's the farthest end of supply chain. But there's also that element of transportation to your actual manufacturing facilities. So our customer yep. base exists there. That didn't change, but we don't have a manufacturing footprint that's as heavy in the Northeast like some mm. others may. Mm. Got it. Um, all right, really quick, we're going to move on to the southeast here. I want to welcome in Danny via LinkedIn. Danny, great to have you here. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, Nazrin from Iran, great to have you here. As always, let us know what you're seeing. Uh, in fact, to all the folks uh, in the cheap seats, uh, the sky boxes, whatever we're calling it here today, let us know what you're seeing. Lowe's uh, level. Yeah, <laughs> that's a new one. We'll add that too. Uh, let us know what you're seeing in the freight markets. Okay, let's dive into the southeast, Bobby. What would y'all see there? Uh, the southeast on the shipment side um, was down not only quarter over quarter, 4.3%, but also uh, 12.1% year over year. But on spend, it was up 3.2% quarter over quarter, but 14.3% over last year. So uh, shipment mm-hmm. volumes were down. And again, there are a lot of uh, reasons for that. Um, housing 
drives a lot of uh, freight down in there. For example, when we you know see um, natural disasters that usually occur in the southeast, hurricanes and, and sometimes major storms. Subsequently, down down the road, you'll see a rise in housing starts as they as they rebuild. But that's down. But tourism is up. But because services as tourism is, is considered versus household goods, you know, retail tourism is up. But it does. It's not as truck intensive, right? As uh, some of the other as goods are. So, well, Bobby, unless you pack like my family, we're, we got <laughs> we got about three trucks loaded and ready to go. And that diesel prices. Man, killing us. But I digress. Uh, so tourism isn't as uh, truck laden. What else uh, in the southeast there, Bobby? Uh, still being affected by uh, high diesel prices. Again, if you kind of look at either coast, they have the, the higher diesel prices with higher, the highest diesel prices with the West kind of beating us, beating us all up. But you, they're still pretty high on the East Coast as well. So a lot of that is, is buoying up the spending as well. So, yep. I appreciate that. Okay, Donovan, Southeast, what sticks out? Something very similar. But here goes, a. I guess if the other one's a double click, here's a triple click. Okay. So we do have a manufacturing footprint in that space. But then you have to look at, you know, what commodities, what products are we producing? We have a heavy disinfecting uh, footprint there. And the reality is across this quarter, and even this is somewhat quarter before, you know, the, the phenomenon associated with consumption and disinfecting, people have leveled out, right? I mean, there, there, there was obviously at the beginning of the pandemic, it was significantly influenced. And even as we saw different uh, strands, you know, particularly in, in, in the U.S. as we're talking Southeast, you would see reactions. And we've gotten to a point now where those reactions are, are, are not as significant as they were before. And so as a result... Uh, we're starting to see because disinfection is is mainly in that region. It's stabilized and starting to kind of tailor off uh, to some degree. Yep, I appreciate that, Donovan. Uh, Greg, what sticks out to you? I would think with all this tourism that you'd be selling the heck out of Kingsford charcoal down here, but <laughs> it may not produce a lot of truckloads, Donovan. Oh, uh, they do. Produces <laughs> a lot of joy, so that's what matters. <laughs> Yeah, well, go uh, light, up, light up tonight, and then that'll be another truck I can ship into. <laughs> Count on it. <laughs> well, I think another thing we got to think about is, I don't know the depth of this impact, but the backup at the Port of Savannah just continues to grow. Last quarter, when we were looking at, at it, it was around 14 to 17 ships on average. Now, it's averaging almost 40 ships waiting outside of the Port of Savannah uh, because they've got a lift down. And I've got to believe that that is keeping some trucks off the road. You know, there's a ton of intermodal that goes down I-95 and I-16, Interstate 16, the only interstate that doesn't cross a single state line. And uh, and it's it's notable. I mean, frankly, you know, to drive between Atlanta and where I am, I can't not drive down 95 or 16, but it's noticeable the level of volume tail uh, that has tailed off over the course of the last three months. I don't know how much impact that has, but it's got to have some impact. Agreed. I wouldn't be surprised if some of that backlog is also contributed to, you know, folks are looking for alternate ways to get into the country with, I won't steal the the, the tagline to the West coast just yet. So, (laughs) but uh, you know, if there's any other ports you can get into, you know, I think folks are looking at that option. They are at, you're right. I think said, I think they are more actively looking than when we first started to see these backups on the West coast. Now, I think the shipping companies are much, much more flexible to rerouting 
the vessels. Yep. Hey, uh, we got to, anytime your mom joins a live stream, as evidently my mom has here, you got to give her a platform. I love you, mom. She says, please tell Donovan that I love my Clorox products. I, I see you. it in the chat. I see you. You, have to let me know if there, you have to let me know if there's any specific ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah she, we'll get back to you. I, I, I promise. It's funny. Did she join when we had Rick on also? Or I think she is, did. I think, I think so, she too. Did. Yeah. Uh, she uh, hails from Aiken, South Carolina. So love you, mom. Great to have you here. Okay. Nice. So let's, we, we've covered the Northeast. We've covered the Southeast. Let's move, uh, Bobby, to the Midwest. Tell us what you see there. Okay. With the Midwest, Midwest was up shipments-wise 6.8%, down year-over-year year, just a slight 0.3%. Hmm. Uh, in spend, it was up 2.4%, but it's still cruising at 16%, almost 16% over last year. So Wow. Again, really solid. Again, strong manufacturing output is big in the Midwest. And so we kind of see evidence of that, you know, given their numbers. Yep. And Donovan, let's talk about the Midwest. What what'd you, what do you see there? We line up very closely to that, especially when we talk about the manufacturing output. Two of our products that saw uptick at the beginning of the pandemic and have not tailored off, they're produced in that in those regions. And so yeah, we're seeing exactly what we've seen here, manufacturing output. And fortunately, we don't see it actually going down. So that's a that's a positive thing. That is a good thing. Okay. And then switching over to uh, Greg, who some folks may know is home state, uh, Kansas, centered, centered right there in the Midwest. What do you hear between Bobby Donovan and your own observations, Greg? Well, you know, we were talking about uh, automotive last quarter, right? And some of the concerns around that. And now, Vehicles are starting to hit lots, right? It's not, you, you don't go to your new car dealer and buy a used car now. You can actually buy a new one. So I think we're starting to see some of the impact of, of that, you know, as so many cars are produced in the Midwest. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Moving right along, we've covered the Northeast, Southeast, Midwest. And folks, you can, as I mentioned, you can download this report for free and sign up for it. it comes out every quarter with the link that we've dropped in the comments, also freight.usbank.com. Bobby, let's talk about the Southwest. What's going on there? Southwest, uh, modest gains, 2.2% quarter over quarter in shipments, 2.6% year over year in shipments, 4.8% in spend, um, but almost 30% over last year in spend. Wow. Again, same thing, a lot of international trade, cross-border trade with Mexico, some of the highest uh, border crossings, uh, truck truck wise, you know, in the season. So again, a lot of that that cross border traffic is buoying them up. There's still energy production uh, in the Southwest. So again, we see that reflected in the numbers. Yep, well said there. And and also speaking of uh, that cross border trade, looks like uh, Canada and the U.S. are are challenging Mexico and some of its energy policies. A lot more to come that may impact that cross border trade in the months and the months to come. But Donovan. From the a Southwest perspective, what do you see in there? Yeah, it is interesting insights to read. Again, this is a function of our network, not that cross-border trade is not as big of a play for us. So we didn't see that. I mean, we see more of it probably from a raw material perspective, but yep. it, it wasn't as big of a impactor for us specifically. Okay. And Greg, the Southwest, you're deeply familiar with the Southwest from your Arizona pursuits. What, what are you seeing in the Southwest there? So mysterious. We're building Greg up like he's um, where in the world is Carmen San Diego or something. But Greg, tell us about uh, what you saw in the Southwest. Uh, yeah, and I may or may not have set foot in Texas a few times 
also, <laughs> um, I'm legally obligated to state that I am actually oh. allowed back into the state. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I think um, the what what we're seeing in the Southwest is just a slight uptick in shipments, but a huge uplift in mm. in terms of of the cost and a stunning, frankly, uplift. And I got to tell you, I'm at a loss to try and figure out why that is. I think cross-border, yes, we're finally getting the USMCA. I think we're starting to see some of that traffic build. And we did have kind of a uh, breakout of, you know, cross-border transportation, but that can't be all of it, could it? I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand because a lot, I don't know how those transactions get booked, Bobby, if, if it's coming from Mexico, does the payment occur through your bank or a Mexican bank or both or what? Now, I don't know if we're talking about, you know, the, the same, the same transactions. I mean, when the ship, the, when the shipments come across the border, you know, it still has many more steps to go before it gets to the destinations. And a lot of those carriers, the, the American side of the, the transactions are, are what we look at. Um, another and you know and again it's kind of the same way too. Another aspect of that is seeing how the traffic in the Gulf ports is picking up, which is going to push a lot of freight um, in inland from there as they've migrated um, port volumes from east of congestion in California, but also on the East Coast. Because you remember originally when we were talking in a couple of indexes ago, it you know we were seeing this huge uptick on the East Coast. Right, and then you you know of course we're talking about the Gulf of Savannah, uh, Port of Savannah right. upticking, but even you know ports in Houston as well um, are starting to see uh, traffic, you know large queues there because again as you said and as was mentioned earlier, as these shippers seek ways to get you know get their freight somehow inland, yep. uh, they're mm-hmm. looking for every port that they can, so that may also be responsible for it because you know any of those charges that are you know, coming off of the off the ships are related uh, with moving that freight out of the ports are going to be reflected in downstream and, and service charges. So you are bringing us right into uh, the West region, right? Which by the way, uh, before you share your insights there, Bobby, gosh, the port of LA and long beach, both set records for the busiest June ever on record. Speaking to some of your comments there, Bobby. All right. So Bobby, what'd y'all see in the West? West coast was, uh, another one of those mixed bags, uh, pretty com- uh, complex there. Uh, we had uh, just a minor drop in shipment volumes of 0.7%, but we had, and nine, but it was still up 9% over last year. From spend perspective, it was 4.3% up, but still over 30% higher this year than last year. Mm. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the ports um, that are causing that, you know. The, some of the congestion is eased, but now, and I think it was mentioned uh, possibly by you, Donovan, earlier about the congestions have moved from ships offshore to containers, you know, stacking up in the ports. I was reading an article that talked about, you know, the possibility of introducing fines that if they were levied as of the beginning of this week would have amounted to $6.3 million. Wow. So you've got, you know, you've got that that thing taking place where containers are stacking up over nine days in port, which is, I guess, a huge metric for them. Um, normally supposed to be around a couple days. 
but then also now you have AB5 causing problems. Uh, you got strikes, rail strikes that are, are being threatened or that are in place. We have, right. um, you know, slowdowns due to AB5 and the turmoil that that's causing as independent contractors struggle to figure out where they're going to go and what they're going to do about that. And then there's also now there's a national version of, of AB5, you mean? Yeah, the national version is called Pro something. I'm sorry, don't have it. It's, That's all right. It's, but anyway, the national version is being threatened. And so that may possibly enter, you know, the I think AB5 impacts possibly around 70,000, up to 70,000 independent contractor truckers. But the Pro Act would add, that's what it's called, Pro Act. Duh. There we go. Um, 350,000 truckers. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of, as we said, headwinds, turmoil, a lot of complexities going on on the West Coast, which kind of yields some of the, the interesting results that we've got. But um, so we'll, like those are some suit. of the things that we'll be watching as we continue to look down downstream. Those are some of the things that we'll be keeping our eye on is how those impacts shake out going into the holiday season. That's right. The, the West is always a bit of the stone suit, man. Whatever, whatever can go wrong, throw <laughs> it in the pot with everything else, right? Um, Donovan. Talking about the West, what did you see out there? Uh, I'm gonna give you one word. Okay. Uncertainty. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what's driving folks. Are just you know uncertainty whether it's the labor situation, right, and what you do. And the West is so linked, right, with the ports to the global ecosystem. So, and then you you know what are, what's going to go on in Shanghai, and 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 so folks folks are just uncertain. And I think that's where you're seeing some of this kind of hey, let's. Pump our brakes a little bit. Um, you know, maybe we find some alternate ways to go in and out. And, right. um, and you know, it's, it's interesting. This is just another scenario in which in the past two years, and I've been doing this kind of supply chain thing almost three decades now. <laughs> I've never heard people in such senior roles in organizations talk about transportation as I have in the last uh, two years. And this is just another element where I probably get a, paying at least every other day saying, so what do you think is going to happen now? Right. <laughs> and what are we doing? And what are we doing? Right. Um, so, um, and I'm so, not the only one, everyone in my seat, any other organization, right. Uh, they're, they're getting this, they're asking themselves and being asked the same questions. So. Man, on one hand, it's great recognition. <laughs> on the other hand, man, your uh, supply chain's in the hot seat, and they got to do something about it. So I appreciate you sharing that. And someone tip everybody's tongue. Um, really hey, quick. Scott, that's the kind of recognition, like getting invited to the principal's office. I don't know that's <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I don't know that's the recognition that you. Yeah, have. that's never good, right? Hey, you don't get a medal for that kind of recognition, <laughs> do you? Uh, Nasrin, I appreciate the feedback there, um, and I appreciate your expertise uh, in the financial services. Uh, Mom's answering. Clorox for my washing machine it. and Clorox wipes. How about that? And folks, we I also bet that's the answer for a lot of people. Right? <laughs> well, we also both, dropped a link again. Uh, both to of the my freight. daughter's college funds. Thank you for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Y'all, y'all check out the freight payment next links there again. And really quick, you know this. And Greg, I'm coming to you next uh, as we start to wrap. But you know the cost of diesel obviously was a big you know theme throughout the freight payment index data point there diesel fuel averaging about 550 a gallon currently nationally up 68% from a year ago what we already know uh, all right greg just under $7 on the west coast wow wow Man. so let, let's let's take it from the top so let's talk about uh, we're going to get all three of y'all's key takeaways from the quarter 2 
2022 freight payment index. So let's start there. So Greg, uh, let's get your key takeaways first. Opportunism. I think that there is unquestionably some arbitrage occurring occurring in the marketplace. The fact that shipments were up mid single digits, and yet in some of these regions, uh, up as much as thirty percent in terms of spend, there is there is some opportunism occurring in the marketplace. Right, people taking advantage of a tight market and jacking up the prices. That's all I can believe because you know this is not a sub substantial leap in the overall index number over last quarter, right? Yep. It's like nine points higher uh, on the index number. So look, that's a, a wild, audacious guess, but there has to be some aspect of that occurring and and probably for all the reasons we believe. Agreed. Um, you know, we've talked about it. What is it you said, Donovan? Uncertainty, right? Yes. Where there is, is chaos, there is profit. So let's keep going with our, our key takeaways from the Q2 uh, freight payment index. And Don, I'm to come to you next. Uh, key takeaway, beyond uncertainty, being kind of the word of the day, maybe the word of the year, maybe the word of the decade, I don't know. But what key takeaways from uh, our conversation here today? Yeah, I mean, key takeaways, and I guess even looking forward, right? I mean, we're, we're keeping our eye on where the spot market is going. And, and, and Greg's made some great points there. And, and we're asking ourselves, hey, what, how do we need to leverage that to understand where we're going forward, both managing service and cost, right? I mean, because they're both in that equation. Um, and then there's this piece of we're just we're watching very closely what's happening out there on, on the West Coast and the ports, because because we know if it goes in a way we don't desire, it can turn our life upside down. And so, yep. and quite frankly, to be very transparent, there are not a, a lot of other levers to pull to just to just figure that out if it does go verbally mm-hmm. south. So, um, so yeah, we're keeping our eyes on that, and then we're figuring out what what other um, I'll call them um, contingency plays we may have. I appreciate the uh, kind of a mix, a hybrid of uh, key takeaways and kind of forward looking. Bobby, specifically asking you only a key takeaway or two. And then, Greg, we're going to finish off with your forward looking uh, prediction. But, Bobby, what's been for you amongst all the regions, all the data, a conversation here? What's a couple of key takeaways from Q2? One of the key takeaways, I guess, is that we can start to see some of the success of a lot of the decisions that were made um, the end of 2021 going into 2022. We're starting to see the impacts of those and how it's it's helping to, to mitigate some of the headwinds. But just as some of those get mitigated, we see other ones coming into play, again, particularly on the West Coast, but uh, you know, nationally. So you can say that things may be inching back to normal, but there's still... We just want to keep our eye. There's a lot of things we're going to keep our eyes on, you know, and be there to document and and lend perspective to as we see more of these decisions starting to shake out. Yep. Well said, Bobby. So, hey, we got some things right. Uh, We're learning from our lessons, right, and applying them. That's good. That's good news to wrap on. Uh, from you, Bobby. All right. So, Greg, while we still have Donovan and Bobby, we're going to make sure folks and I connect with uh, both of our wonderful guests here in just a minute. But uh, give us, Greg, what are you expecting moving in the third quarter, moving in the second half of the year? What's your thought there? What I'm expecting, Donovan already said, uncertainty. I mean, honestly, I've never looked at one of these before and felt so blank <laughs> in terms of what to expect in the future. 
the, the other word that comes immediately to mind for me is thankfulness that I am not one of the people like Donovan who has to navigate this uncertainty right now because it is significant and it could honestly go either way. And I can't tell you of a time before or during the pandemic that it has been so uncertain, uh, at least that this report, right, this analysis foments so much uncertainty. It's like, did y'all watch Double Dare on Nickelodeon growing up with Mark Summers, right? Um, At the end of this game show, there was an obstacle course, a really messy obstacle course that the contestants had to go through. That is what global supply chain has been going through for a couple of years now. We need Mark Summers just giving us play by play. But uh, big thanks to Donovan and Bobby, both of y'all joining us. Uh, Bobby, as always, we enjoy these quarterly breakdowns. I appreciate everyone's perseverance as we have navigated our own uh, technological uh, challenges here today. But hey, we've persevered. And I've really enjoyed the discussion. So, Bobby, before we let you and Donovan go, uh, Bobby, let's make sure folks know how to find the Freight Payment Index and connect with you. How can they do that? Freight.usbank.com will get you a subscription and it'll be delivered to your inbox quarterly. Or you can email me at bobby.holland at usbank.com and I'll see that you get a copy or get signed up. And my LinkedIn is another way to get a hold of me as well. Wonderful. Whenever you are not head down into big vats of data, right, Bobby? (laughs) Yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) Wait, always a pleasure. I appreciate that. But hey, before uh, we let Donovan Kirkland go, Donovan, really have enjoyed our pre-show conversations. Thanks for uh, all that you brought here today. Uh, Really had a lot of fun and a ton of value. Um, So Donovan, how can folks connect with you and uh, the world-renowned The Clorox Company? It's easy. Uh, LinkedIn. Just just uh, send me a request on LinkedIn, Donovan Kirkland, and we'll connect up. I look forward to it. I've been, I've been looking at the chat. It's been some great chat coming through, and uh, I've had a blast. Thank you for the invite. Um, yeah. Thank you for great being work. on with you, Bobby. I learned a lot from you. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Same well, here. hey, Donovan, on that note, uh, we're, we've got an Atlanta United game in our future, and hey, any cool, frosty, Adult beverages will be on me. So, uh, hey, really, thanks for all of of your help. Bobby, always a pleasure. Appreciate your collaboration and partnership. Enjoy your trip coming up. Uh, Big thanks again before we let him go. Donovan Kirkland, uh, Vice President, Global Logistics with the Clorox Company, and Bobby Holland, Director of Freight Data Solutions at U.S. Bank. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Chance. All right, Greg. Man, I got to share this. Uh, back to we were all when we launched it for a second. Diamond's like, well, whenever I freeze, I'm in like uh, the the most awkward position. Steve's like, so true. Greg always looks good in a frozen state, and David goes uh, like Han Solo. So man, how about that? Yeah, is, that is that how Han Solo was? He was like frozen. I think so. We'll go with yeah. it. We'll go with it. Oh man. Um, all right, but Greg, I'll tell you this. This panel, we're gonna have to have them back. Uh, Undoubtedly. Yeah, you know, when we got nice, cl- smooth sailing, because I really, I mean, to get the yin and the yang, the data like Bobby brings, and then that, you know, that senior level practitioner, you know, with their fingers on the pulse, like Donovan brought today, I thought it was uh, a great conversation, huh? It is, and it's good to understand the double clicks and the triple clicks, as he talked about, you know, the level of depth that you have to go down to to understand the impact on a particular uh, company, right? I don't think we've had somebody 
share that much with us regionally, how that how a particular region does or doesn't impact their business. It's really interesting to to learn that. I have to yeah. tell you, he nailed nailed the word uncertainty. Um, I I mean, looking at this and studying this report, I, I'm baffled. I don't know about yep. you. I'm sure it came through as we were talking about it, but there are just some things I just can't explain here. Yep. Um, well, and and I think that probably portends more uncertainty to come, unquestionably. But you got to lean into the data and the resources out there so you can be more informed, whether it's the conversation we've had here today with Bobby, Diamond, and Greg, and all the folks in the comments, things like the index, the freight payment index, y'all check that out. Again, we've got the link here, uh, one click away from signing up for that. But healthy Even discussion. if all it tells you, Scott, is, that there is to expect uncertainty, at least right. you've got eyes on that, right? And That's you right. can provision, right? The thing we need to do more in supply chain is anticipate uncertainty and provision for it. That's right. And lead differently, right? We've had so many planning and forecasting conversations here lately on supply chain. Now uh, that has been a masterclass in and of itself. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll save that for later. Um, Greg, I appreciate you joining us on these quarterly conversations as always. Uh, big thanks to uh, Dan and the gang at US Bank. Big thanks again to our production team. I uh, appreciate all of your wonderful work today, Chantel, Amanda, Catherine, Clay, you name it. And folks, thanks for everybody that showed up and brought their comments. Uh, it's great to have you be a part of this uh, conversation. Uh, so on behalf of our entire team here, on behalf of Greg and, and uh, Scott Luton, your fearless host, I think, uh, we want to challenge you, hey, to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.